Welcome to the Beauty Scientists with Dr. Christy Hamilton and Dr. Roy Kim. Real beauty without the hype. Welcome to the Beauty Scientists. I'm Dr. Christy Hamilton here with my co-host, Dr. Roy Kim, and we are both board-certified plastic surgeons who are really passionate about plastic surgery, aesthetic medicine, and beauty. And today, I'm really excited about our topic. We're talking about subtle signs of aging and how to reverse them. So I think this is a really common question that um, I get is, I'm, you know, patients come in, I'm just starting to notice these changes. I you know I look good, but I can tell something has changed, um, particularly in my my face, you know, neck, décolletage, and hands. And they're curious as to why that is, what they can do, um, and what it, what exactly it is that they're noticing about themselves. Because sometimes it's a little bit hard to put your finger on it. Um, so, starting with overall health and lifestyle, Dr. Kim, why do you think, you know, a 30 year old or 35 year olds coming in for the first time? And what do you think they can do about it before we get to actual treatments in our hands? Yeah, I do think that overall holistic health is very important because you want to have an overall healthy diet. You want to exercise, including strength training, flexibility, the ability to do ADLs, the nerdy medical term for activities of daily living. And all this stuff actually affects skin quality. So it's not just wearing sunscreen or vitamin D exposure or whatever. You want to actually be able to eat and ingest enough biotin, collagen, all those things which relate to movement, what you're actually eating, what you're actually ingesting and absorbing to help with your overall health but also your overall aesthetics. Yes, um, I think it's really interesting. So at age 25, is that's the average year where patients start breaking down, or human beings, we start breaking down more collagen in our skin than we're producing. But it, you know, you don't notice that instantaneously. It's not like you wake up the day you turn 25 and you're like, oh my goodness, you, know, you essentially look the same. But it takes, on average, it's 10 years after that when you have the slow breakdown in your collagen, so the elasticity, the texture, um, the tightness of your skin. Um, so it's usually around 35 when people really start to notice, okay, something, something has really changed. And we know that there are other factors like smoking or um, drinking, particularly in excess, um, not exercising, uh, eating too much junk food, um, these things, you know, it's like when you're in college, you can get away with these bad habits and wake up and still be fresh as a daisy the next day and still look good. After um, a decade plus of those sort of behaviors, you really start to notice it in your skin. Um, so what, what, what should the 25-year-olds be doing? Let's start with that. Let's start with preventative. If you were, if, if we're able to turn back the clock, which you can't, um, but maybe we have some younger viewers listening. So what, what would be the things that you would be doing so that we can slow this process? Well-rounded diet, protection from the sun, making sure you actually get enough collagen, biotin supplementation. Uh, people don't really love thinking about it, but hey, meat protein is good. If you're a vegetarian or vegan, you need to realize that some of these collagen supplements are made from animals. So if yeah. it's really important to you, hey, you still need to supplement the collagen and biotin, but maybe just look at the ingredients or how it's made. And 
maintain how do you say it like don't yo-yo in terms of like weight fluctuations if you're you have a more stable overall weight you're obviously not going to have tons of loose skin or having the skin having to recover from rapid weight loss yes and i would add to that um so by some protection definitely spf every single day even if you're even if you're not going outside, yes, even if you're not going outside, because there's sources coming through the windows, unless you're living in a concrete bunker in a basement, um, every single day, obviously avoiding um, tanning beds. Those are just terrible for so many reasons, skin cancer and definitely aging, um, which maybe skin cancer doesn't scare everybody. But when I tell patients that it's going to give them wrinkles, that usually scares them away. <laughs> um and uh, nicotine and specifically like cigarette use and including vaping, I think are also habits that if you avoid um, and avoid drinking, or if you, if you do drink, then keep it moderate or minimal and that will all do wonders for your skin. Yes. Um, so what, what do we, when, so now we fast forward, we're, we're 35, we've been doing all of that, but still collagen has, has started its breakdown. What are you as a plastic surgeon, Dr. Kim, when you're doing your facial analysis, what anatomic structures change? Like, what are you actually seeing that the lay person just sees as, as just a global um, aging experience? I mean, where do I start? I mean, you look at the whole face and there are subtle signs when you add them all together show that we're aging. So if you start at the top, one of them is the temporal hollowing. So right here, if it actually is indented, that's a sign of aging. And as you know, that can be filled up with either filler or fat, but that's one of the early signs. Um, the other thing is that your eyebrow position may drop over time. Some people naturally have a lower eyebrow but some people, as we age, it just drops a lot to a small amount. It just depends. But Botox and or surgical eyebrow position can really help with the overall look. Have you noticed other things in terms of the eye, eyelids, stuff like that when you evaluate your patients? Yeah, so in conjunction with the, the brow, like you were talking about, you can see that even without me adding eyelid skin, if I push my eyebrow down, look at all that extra alleged eyelid skin I have. So you really have to, you have to look at the brow um, in isolation, and then you also have to look at the eyelid, and then you see how those um, combine together, because it could be that your brow is dropping and giving you that heavy look. Um, it could be eyelid skin excess in itself, or it could be a combination of the two. Um, and so we can adjust brow position with neuromodulators or Botox. Um, and then sometimes we have to go a surgical route to address that similarly with, with eyelid skin. And we also lose volume in these areas. So some patients will come in either with bags um, where the fat under the eyes is kind of herniating forward or alternatively hollows in those areas where they've had some fat loss and atrophy. And so all of those things are um, features that we don't see in babies, in young children. And so those are, those are signs of aging because we know that we do lose volume in our face as time goes on. Our facial skeleton shrinks, our fat pads shrink. And then on top of that, 
um, everything gets looser and hangs. So it's, it's, you know, it's a very unforgiving process. It's like the balloon has deflated. Um, we pop the balloon and then it's, and then the balloon itself is sagging. So, um, those, those two processes, uh, work together to make things look even lower and saggier, um, than individually they are alone. Uh, I think another big one, um, is the distance between the base of the nose to the top of the lip. When you part your mouth, you should be able to see at rest, if you look at me, about two millimeters of your central two front teeth, your central incisors. Some people, as time goes on, when they part their lips, they can't see their teeth at all. And that contributes to aging as well. It's one of those subtle signs. You don't know that you're looking for it, but you, if you're looking at someone, they look older to you. That's probably one of the things that you're noticing. Yeah. And that... What else? Well, in terms of what you just said, as well as the lips, some, I mean, we definitely know that older patients have thinner lips, but you have to sort of holistically look at, is the distance from the bottom of the nose to the top of the lip getting longer, or is the actual lip volume getting thinner, or is it a combination of both? That often occurs in many patients, especially as they get older. And then another thing, of, of course, is as we age, our noses actually drop a little. So even if you've had a rhinoplasty, the cartilage does not stay rigid and support things over 10, 20, 30 years. What we've discovered as a lot of our early rhinoplasties are getting older and older, that does at the tip drop a little, not very much, but on profile view, it can look different in an older patient versus a younger patient. What do you think, Dr. Hamilton? Yeah, I think, I think that's really important. Um, and so you can, we can lift the tip with a little bit of filler. Um, of course, patients, if they've already been considering a surgical rhinoplasty, that may be the tipping point where they decide to pursue it. But we know it's like the, the cartilage in our ears and noses does continue to grow um, as time goes on. So that's one thing that, that patients do notice. So sometimes we do do rhinoplasty or surgical um, surgical nose reshaping along with our surgical facelifts. Um, and I liked what you were saying also about the lips, lips being thinner um, and, and losing volume themselves. And then sometimes they just get kind of hidden or tucked in. So as that white part of the lip lengthens, it's not that some patients, I tell them, it's not that you don't have a lip, it's just we can't see it. It's hiding. So if we shorten that distance, you can see a lot more of it. So that's why sometimes a surgical lip lift um, may, in more extreme cases, be a better option for patients than something like lip filler alone, for example, because then you're really just volumizing a part of the lip that you may not be able to see baseline anyways, so it's not helping. What about the famous neck? I feel like the neck is one of the areas that drives people crazy. And we have so many options when we're talking about the face and people come in, their face is sculpted and beautiful. The skin is glowing. And the neck just oftentimes, I feel like it gets neglected. And then one day patients notice it. And what are you noticing about the neck itself? What are the structures? And then I would love to know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you may develop loose skin have. of the neck. Some patients are overweight and they develop, you know, fullness, a double chin. Some patients don't, they're not really overweight, but you still have lax fat. In other words, a little loose skin as well as some fat there. And so that's very noticeable. Having a sharp jawline is definitely considered more aesthetic. You look more fit and basically you look younger. So to fix that, we can remove the material underneath your jawline. In other words, if you have fat here. 
But if you have loose skin there, there are different ways to actually tighten it up. And finally, a lot more patients, when they talk about tech neck, they're talking about the horizontal lines that go across their neck. And we can actually use filler or fat grafting or some type of skin resurfacing to improve all those things about the neck. I don't know what your patients are asking for or noticing as they age. That All the same things. Um, the texture, crepiness, looseness, definitely tech neck lines. And so I find um, for myself, the best approach for the neck is multifactorial. So we go in, we'll do laser resurfacing. Um, we will do dilute filler injections and the horizontal bands. We'll do Botox or neuromodulator um, injections. Um, to address the platysma muscle, which is the neck muscle that makes those bands when you strain like the Hulk um, and it causes some vertical lines to pop out. Also helps relax the lower face and let it rise up a little bit. And then I think, uh, you know, before we go to neck lifts or face lifting, um, I agree with you. I think in the right patient, if you do have discrete pockets of, of uh, fat underneath the chin, uh, submental liposuction, a quick, you know, 20 minute procedure, uh, done awake oftentimes is a really powerful way to reveal a jawline that's been there all along, but has been hiding and a little bit of extra, extra fat cells. Yes. And I definitely have noticed a trend where some plastic surgeons and some patients notice that they have deeper neck structures. So as a plastic surgeon, if you pinch this area and you can feel the fat, you can feel confident it's fat. However, if you're pinching the area and you're not really feeling fat, but it's still prominent, there's, you know, what, the anterior belly, the digastrics, which is a nerdy name for a muscle here, some submandibular glands, which are type of uh, gland right here, and even muscle tightening may be needed in younger patients to really get a more sharp angle at the neck. Yes. And... So I think that's that's why, again, like the analysis is so important because, of course, especially the younger the patient, you want to do this, the smaller procedure, the non-surgical, maybe the minimally invasive one like submental liposuction. But to your point, if, if the bulk is not from fat underneath the skin, then liposuction is not going to help you very much. So you do have to consider um, what the underlying cause is. And sometimes the bigger operation or the more powerful operation really is the solution to get the result that you're looking for. So that's why seeing someone who knows the anatomy like a board certified plastic surgeon is so important. What about what about the hands, Dr. Kim? That's another one that you know people come in and they're like, okay, well now I was taking really great care of my face and neck, but I have to hide my hands because they don't match my beautiful face. What what are we noticing about aging in the hands? Yeah, getting to the hands and really feet. As we age Weirdly enough, fat in our hands, fat in our feet, you can actually see the tendons and the skin can actually look older with sunspots, age spots and other things. So the cool thing is we can fill it with filler or we can fill it with fat that will revolumize the hands, revolumize the feet, actually make you look younger. And as Dr. Hamilton knows, there are lasers, chemical peel, other things which actually help your hand skin and feet skin actually look younger. Do you have a strong preference as to like how you like to volumize it or fill it as well as what the best, you know, skin resurfacing tech that you like to use? So I love in my fair skin patients, I love to do fractionated CO2 laser in combination with fat grafting. I just feel like that is 
a super powerful um, combination. We do we do the laser resurfacing to address the sunspots and the discoloration, maybe the texture of the skin itself, build some collagen in it. And then when we see the veiny, wrinkly, tenderness hands, um, which again is not what baby hands look like, I think fat transfer is so powerful. It works so well. Um, and it's actually, I think, very cost effective compared to off the shelf injectables, because if you inject just like 10 milliliters of a little bit of fat from your inner thigh, you won't miss it from your inner thigh at all. And that just plumps the back of the hands beautifully. And then there you are, you're matching your nice, smooth, luminous facial skin, um, with the back of back of your hands. If patients don't want to do a, a small surgical procedure, then I think hyaluronic acid fillers or radius work really well in these areas too. You just will need a relatively large amount um, of off-the-shelf product to get um, enough, unless it's a really young patient. So yeah. the earliest signs of aging. Yeah, the biggest advantages of fat are that I it's longer lasting. It has a slight stem cell effect. So overall your skin quality is improved and you're, you're right. I mean, the amount of filler you need is a decent chunk. It's a decent number of syringes, whereas it's very easy to harvest not that much fat and really do a fantastic job at the hands and actually also the feet area. So, yes, I think this is one of the areas um, in my practice where the small surgical procedure actually may, may come out to be more cost-effective for patients um, and I think yield a superior result than the non-surgical intervention. And the amount that we're taking from inner thighs or wherever you're harvesting the fat from um, is, is so small that unless you're wanting to change how those areas look, like you really shouldn't notice the loss of 20 millimeters of fat divided between two thighs, for example. And so I, I just... I think that's a just a great procedure. And in fact, I did one today. Yeah. I mean, with filler, it's less expensive, but you need so much filler. Plus the fact that it doesn't last as long as fat grafting. I think, you know, a small surgical procedure is a better option for most patients. Yeah, I do too. So this, this is, I think, a really fascinating topic. And I, I hope the listeners and viewers find it of use. Any, any parting thoughts or words of wisdom, Dr. Kim? So obviously I think that overall health, overall holistic health, weirdly enough, but honestly is the fundamental for aging gracefully and for overall aesthetics. And I hope Dr. Hamilton and I have not made you so paranoid to look at for every single sign of subtle aging in your face and body. That's not the point of this whole podcast and us talking. Rather, it just helps reveal some of the subtle signs that you may be noticing, puts it in a more organized fashion. And yeah, there are things that we can do to help you. Yes. So a fa another fascinating discussion. Um, and thank you so much for your insight. I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. I feel like our practices mirror each other in that. And um, as always, thank you to our viewers so much for listening. We'd be uh, delighted to hear about any future discussion or future direction you'd like us to take. So please, uh, please ask any questions in the comment section and we will, we will answer them and do future podcasts on them. And as always, uh, stay beautiful out there. And thank you, Dr. Kim, so much for this engaging discussion. Of course, Dr. Hamilton, always great to catch up and stay beautiful.
Thank you for joining us on The Beauty Scientist. Be sure to visit thebeautyscientist.com and learn more about modern beauty and connect with Dr. Hamilton and Dr. Kim.